Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What it made me do was kind of look in depth because the questions they asked just required you to really visualize what you was doing, consider like who you were going to reach and all these things. Yeah. So I really went in depth like with picturing how it was going to be and how it was going to run. And then I just typed it all up in a document and I kept it. So when I'd done future applications, that luckily they were a bit easier. Yeah. I always referred back to that, but oh, that's clever. always something that I'm refining even till this day. Hello and welcome to season three of the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Shout out to everyone that listened to last week's episode with Miranda Cromwell. She was such a badass and I absolutely adored her. I really want to know what you took away from the episode, so let me know in the comments on Instagram at contentisgreenhq. Okay, so life has come at me a bit fast. And that is usually what happens when you set clear intentions and put your goals out there. So, as I've been mentioning every week since this season started, we're opening a podcast studio in Peckham now. And that's happening in a few short weeks, which is a dream come true. We're opening up 20 places to start and prices will start from about £50 a month for four hours. If you're interested, head on over to contentisqueen.org to join the waiting list, where we'll be updating you on the pricing, what the hours are, when we're launching, viewings, everything you can find out when you sign up to the waiting list. Okay, let's get into it. Today's guest is Mary Otamahana. Mary set up the social enterprise called Record Shop, which provides a free recording studio program that aims to make music opportunities accessible to those aged 16 to 25. The Record Shop runs four 10-week projects per year, where participants get the opportunity to create music, attend workshops and events, and secure work placements. Mary's work has received a number of awards, including being named Young Social Entrepreneur of the Year by the Angel Mould Memorial Foundation and the Precious Awards. The Mayor of London's Cultural Seed Awards gave them People-Powered Culture and Basic Business Initiative UK named them New Entrepreneur Mind of the Year. Growing up, Mary identified that there were not enough opportunities available for young music artists to grow and develop, so she was determined to create a platform for upcoming musicians. And boy, did she. In this episode, we talk about writing funding bids, building your empire from scratch, and preparing for big pitches. It's a good one, y'all. So let's go. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today, and why? Yeah. I think when I was younger, I loved like music videos, and I always felt like oh, I would be great if I could create my own music video. So I liked like Hype Williams, like Missy Elliott, Busta yeah. Rhymes, like those music videos always caught my attention. They are really good videos, yeah, actually. They are. <laughs> Very different. Absolutely, and like I've always been like a visual person, so those caught my attention, and as a child, left an impression. So I think like. Yeah, when I was a kid, I did, like, music, video, directing, things like that. That is a really specific thing yeah. <laughs> to want to be. Like, 
I watched music videos and was like, I want to be Busta or Missy yeah. or like anyone else, like Mariah Carey at the time. Yeah. Um, the singer, like I wanted to be the front person, not yeah. the person behind the camera directing and creating visuals. Yeah. How did you even know that that was a job? <laughs> I didn't, but I think maybe at the time I was like, I preferred more to be like in the background rather than being the person in the forefront. Like shortly after that, I got into music yeah. and then I used to like write songs and perform. But I do remember at some point wanting to do like music video directing. Nice. Did you ever pursue it at all? Well, I did. I studied film studies at uni. Oh, nice. And um, the main thing that I was into was sort of, I guess, like storytelling, like journalism, mm. like those type of things and just using visuals in that sense. But like later, further along the line, like I got into writing and photography as well. Perfect. So it's still all the visual side, yeah, but absolutely. you're kind of mixing it with performance as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, can you talk me through what it is that you're doing now and what brings you to the Red Bull Alafico? So I run a, a company called The Record Shop as a community interest company, which started off as a social action project in 2015. And it was just based on my experience as a young person and I felt like at that point I wanted to set up my own studio because it's every artist's ambition. Mm -hmm. But as well as that, I felt like there was something missing when I was growing up. I felt that there wasn't enough opportunities for young people, well, every young person to access music opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I set up the record shop as a platform just to provide like recording sessions, like music workshops, but most importantly, just to be like a hub I guess for young people to meet and just create music and there's no like restriction as well. How did you go about setting that up? I mean I'm also in the process of trying to build like a podcast studio for podcasters yeah. and it is not a cheap thing to build a studio it is yeah. bloody expensive so how did you go about like trying to not only raise the money for it but how did you know what you needed what support yeah. was around you? So when I was 14 like, I was always on the internet, and I was writing songs. And then just through my determination to pursue, like, my rap career, it made me learn about sound engineering, music production. So I'd just go online, do some research, and there was a music shop. It was called DV 247, mm -hmm. and it happened to be in my borough where I lived, which is Barnet. And then I used to just go and buy equipment and build up my home studio. I had been to a few studios and it just started off with like a basic USB microphone. Yeah. But then I'll just do research and then learn a bit more and then it's just all trial and error. But eventually I built my own home studio. Yeah. And then when it came to setting up the record shop, I used a lot of equipment that I had in my home mm -hmm. studio. I just brought it to the free space where we were based and then I just set it up. It used to be just like a laptop, microphone and um, mic reflection filter as well. And then it was very basic, but nowadays it's so great that you can record stuff using minimal equipment. Yeah. So we were able to do it. And then further along the line, I just bought more equipment and then built up the studio That's to nice. what it is today. Yeah, that's really great way of doing it it is because our studio when I worked in shout out yeah our home studio was very much like that we started off with an engineer who had his own studio and then the founder learned how to do 
the stuff himself or was like figuring it out as the engineer was kind of doing the stuff for us. Yeah. And he was always sitting in, always listening, always looking at what was happening, figuring it out. And then it started off with like four shore mics, those four shore mics into a sound card. That sound yeah. card then became some compressors. The compressors became this massive mixer board. Yeah. And before you know it, you're kind of kitting out like your own studio. But Absolutely. it was three, four years and thousands of pounds, but it wasn't all in one go. So you're not making that huge initial investments I can totally like that makes logical sense but I think a lot of people see studio and think oh my god that's like 20,000 50,000 100,000 pounds how am I going to do that so you guys did a crowdfund to basically launch a free studio space for Um, we've done it further along the line I've done I think it's one crowdfunding campaign and that was just to upgrade the studio but at the start we were like um, I got grants just to help jumpstart the record shop did you write all the grants yourself did you just figure out how to do it one thing that I've always been into is quite like writing and I guess I was more organised then as well but like I'd never found it hard to like just put together like as far as like writing and things like that so I've always done oh, that's it. That's a good skill to have. Yeah and like it's just now that I don't have time that's why I seek like for other people to support us with the writing funding bids but like up until now I've always wrote my own like funding applications. And been successful. Yeah. No, that is not all the time, all but time. yeah, we have got. Honestly, just to nail one bid is great. Like a lot of people want that skill and don't have it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've tried, but I'm like, I don't have the patience for this. Yeah. But yeah, no, it is a really useful skill to have, Definitely. especially. I feel like the hardest one was the at the start, like before I had started the record shop. I was trying to do like an arts council um mm. um forget yeah, application. But I guess it was too early then, but what it made me do was kind of look in depth because the questions they asked just required you to really visualise what you was doing, consider like who you were going to reach and all these things. So I really went in depth like with picturing how it was going to be and how it was going to run. And then I just typed it all up in a document and I kept it. So when i done future applications that luckily they were a bit easier, yeah. I always referred back to that. But oh, that's it's clever. always something that I'm refining even till this day. No, that's really great advice. I wish I had kept my Arts Council failed application now. <laughs> um, but it, you're right, those questions are very in-depth and they do yeah. require you to have a really intimate knowledge Absolutely. of what it is that you're asking for yeah. money because they need to know that they're giving it to someone sensible that's going to kind of fulfill the objectives that they say they're going to fulfill. So I know it makes total sense. It started with grant funding and then you did the crowdfund. Why did you choose that as an option as opposed to grant funding? And I know, I think you guys didn't quite reach your target. So how did that feel? Can you walk me through that Um, process? So when I was doing the crowdfunding, it was actually, um, I was part of it. It's called Haringey Bursary Programme which is sort of similar to this, but we don't go on a residential like trip. But yeah, we got like mentorship coaching. And one of the like tasks that we were set to do was to pitch in front of students at Westminster University. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And they selected which projects they would like to like crowdfund for. So they were actually doing the crowdfunding on behalf of the oh, record shop. So it's not something that I thought to do, but I felt that like it would be great, like because crowdfunding it gets the community involved, it allows you to engage with people, and it was a very like good learning experience. So we didn't quite reach our target, but we were able to like still get the funds that were raised, and yeah. then that went towards just like buying more equipment for our studio. So it was very like great for raising awareness and yeah. also just being able to buy that equipment as well. Nice. Would you do it again? Yes, I would, but I know that now it takes a lot of um, time, mm-hmm. and just because we're actually running a company, so like my priority is just like the forefront, like delivering like what we set out to do. Yeah. But it's something that I would plan to do in the future, and possibly have like a marketing plan yeah. alongside it as well. Yeah, I was definitely going to ask what you would do differently from yeah. the first time because I yeah. think one campaign if it doesn't go to plan you kind of know roughly yeah. why and where you yeah. could have made t- changes and tweaks i guess now you know like having a marketing plan most crowdfunds don't just raise money yeah. like that loads Absolutely. of people have like been very strategic before yeah. the date even launches everybody got like a hundred people saying okay i'm gonna pledge and Absolutely. there's all these behind the scenes things that happen that yeah. you, no one actually talks about you yeah. just see a successful campaign you're like I can do that too. And you're like, absolutely. Not quite. (laughs) So, did you have a plan B? So, after the crowdfund, you guys, I guess, had a plan A version of if we raise all this money, this is what we're going to do. And you had like a clear vision or goal. Yeah. What was the plan B version? I think, like, behind the scenes, I was always looking at further funding as well and doing partnerships as well. So, just researching into potential brands that we could collaborate with. And also just researching different funding opportunities, doing applications as well. And also exploring like income streams. How else could we mm-hmm. generate money to go into the record shop that didn't come from like a grant or funding, stuff yeah. like that? What did you find? So then I decided that with the studio, what we could do is offer like paid studio time for people that had used the studio, maybe like the free sessions, like a taster, and if you wanted to come back and also book the studio outside of the youth program, yeah. it would come at a fee. And also if you're outside of the age group that we focus on, then you just pay a fee and that goes towards keeping like the free studio time alive, which I feel is important because grant funding is great, but I'm always thinking like long term. Yeah. And I just want... An, like an independent, sustainable business model as well. Yeah. Do you think you're, you're there now? Um, not quite not yet, quite. because it's still early days. Um, I know, like, as a business, any business, it always needs some investment and some time. And I feel like there's a lot of funding, like, available for the work that we do. So it's great to, like, utilise um, the options available. But in the future, something that I'm thinking about, we have introduced it, but I just feel that in the future, it's something that I would like to be relying on. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Do you think you'll raise investment and go to, like, investors? I feel like that would be great to get investment as well. I don't think I've quite ever, like, pitched to an investor. I have done pitches to, like, organisations that are offering grants and things like that, but not, like, an independent person. But that might be something different that I haven't done before, so it might be the way forward. Yeah. Can you walk me through how you psych yourself up for a pitch? (laughs) Okay, yeah, it's very nerve-wracking. So for pitch, I do have, like, a PowerPoint presentation... But also I do, like, breathing exercises because I've realised how effective that is. Okay. Not only with pitching, but even as a performer as well. Like, breathing just calms down your body physically. You can feel the difference. I try to memorise stuff, but I wouldn't be very heavy on memorising things just before. Like, I try to relax and just, like, take deep breaths and just take it easy and try and be as calm as possible. And also, when I'm in front of the people, mm-hmm. just kind of normalise the situation, understand, yeah, they're people. And even if I feel a bit nervous, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm a bit nervous or yeah. just being myself. Because when I create that kind of natural environment that where I can be myself, I feel like that's when I show the best demonstration of who I am. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good advice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, pitching is something that I think all of us have to do at some point, but Absolutely. no one has like a tried and true method of like going into a pitch is so yeah. nerve-wracking everyone's just worried about like what if I mess up you're always thinking about the worst things that can happen yeah. I've also found that like thinking what's the best that could happen like yeah. I could go in there and nail this and yeah. then I could get exactly what I want yeah um, and even if I don't I at least you did it so yeah. I think breathing exercises helps and a past guest talks about power posing yeah where you stand in a room and like basically stand like your superwoman <laughs> and yeah. you're just there like this is me i own this and so there's loads of yeah. small things that you can do to yeah even mentally get into it what i realized that i do but yeah and what might be helpful is just kind of being yourself even from the way you dress and yeah yeah so like if i'm just comfortable with how like yeah whether there's like some pink in my hair or just being myself it just like, once again just normalizes the situation and just makes me feel comfortable with just yeah presenting who i am no yeah, perfect that sounds good you it's actually highly underrated how much dressing yeah can affect your mood the Absolutely. way you present even when I'm podcasting, there's been times where I've been like forced to like be a bit more dressy, and I'm like, this does. I listen back to the interview, and I'm like, I don't even sound comfortable. And you're right; it does make a huge difference, even if it is slightly more formal than you'd be used to, but still yeah. kind of keep bits of you, elements Absolutely. of you in there, because yeah. it does come across. I think people can tell the difference. Absolutely. Um, finally, yeah. what is the best advice you've been given, and what is the worst advice you've been given? I would say, well, from this week. I've taken so many things away from this whole Red Bull Emma Pico program. Um, but one thing that we've been advised, like when presenting, is to kind of be present. And like it was like a lady called Dina, then the coaching session about presence. She said that basically just be mindful that when you're doing a presentation, you can like be mindful of your surroundings, the people, and just be there in the moment. And it just kind of allows you to interact very naturally with what's going on rather than pre-planning something mm. beforehand. Then you come in and then you're more worried about, oh, I have to deliver it exactly how I prepared it. Yeah. But then if you're just there, it's like feeling out the room, the situation, mm. the people, and then it just allows you just to like give a more natural presentation and, like I was saying, just normalise the whole situation. So I think that's great. 
Um, one of the worst bits of advice um, when I was starting like the record shop, or I think I already started, but still early. Um, someone had said to me that, um, oh, there's no money in the music industry, so it's kind of a waste of time, <laughs> like that type of thing. And by that time, I was just on my way with the record shop and doing my thing. And I feel like whether people have different views on this type of thing, but I would say that not to be driven by the money, mm. because at the start is quite like a common thing that you would have to put in a lot of like free work, volunteering and um, just invest and then maybe you'll get that money back later on, further along the line. And also um, what I found just with how things have happened to me is that even though it may not have been financial, but there's like promotion, there's exposure, there's collaborations, there's networking, meeting people, even your own personal experience. There's so many other things that are rewarding and just once again, not to be driven by money because I feel like you have a lot of ups and downs as a startup and it's just about like longevity and like in the long run, it will definitely pay off and there's like a learning curve as well. Yeah, no, that's really useful. Thank you so much. No problem. Lovely meeting you. Thank you for having me. Lovely to meet you. (laughs) Honestly, Mary made me rethink my life choices and I had to question why I sat around not trying to raise money to make my dreams happen sooner. Are you feeling energised to get those funding applications and pitch decks done? Then show Mary some love. You can learn more about The Record Shop by visiting therecshop.co.uk. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore rec shop. All of this will be in the show notes, of course. Just a reminder that I'll be opening a members-only recording studio for podcasters in Peckham. If you're interested, head to contentisqueen.org to join the waiting list. We're only opening it up to 20 people to keep it manageable to start, so make sure you're on the waiting list to find out when we open. For updates on Wannabe, follow Content is Queen on Twitter at contentisqn and Instagram at contentisqueenhq. If you're enjoying this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via your Insta stories. We've pulled some amazing quotes from the episodes which you can reshare via Instagram and Twitter. To get extended show notes listing any of the tools and resources we've talked about on this episode, visit wannabepodcast.com. Thank you to the team at the Red Bull Amafico for arranging this interview. This podcast is proudly a Content is Queen production. It has been lovingly edited and put together by Ellie Clifford. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.